Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. From the floor, the key to DP, just ride. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hello, everybody. Listen to Bay Heights Pod. Uh, you can reach us at bayheightspod at gmail.com. You can add us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we, look, we enjoy hearing all our listeners' feedback. Any questions you have you want us to bring up, any topics that come to mind, we'd love to uh, discuss them. So uh, you mentioned something in one of our previous pods about how you don't like watching people eat um, in general. It's just not something you quite enjoy. And the reason I uh, wanted to bring it up was I, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but I just somehow got into a bit of a wormhole for for maybe a, like a few minutes was uh, looking at Serge Ibaka's uh, his Mafuzi chef uh, video clips. I don't know if you've seen any of it. Oh, that. okay, yes, I have. No, so I do enjoy watching people eat if that's the point of the show. Okay, and uh, and and hello everyone. I actually do prefer Twitter over Twitter. I think that's like hilarious. It's like some. Russian version of oh, Twitter. Did I say Twitter? Okay. Uh, no, but it was, it was hilarious because I'm thinking like, yeah, that sounds a lot better than Twitter. Um, no, I do like, no, I love cooking shows and okay. drive-ins, dive-ins, dives, whatever that show is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. Love cooking oh, shows, love eating my shows. But all about yeah. cooking shows. Um, mm. That's how That's how uh, somehow she, she got more acquainted with Steph Curry because his wife had some oh. kind of cooking show. Um, Not to sound culturally insensitive, but do you remember? <laughs> do you remember cooking with wok no. back in the day? Okay, um, oh, I think I'm getting it wrong, but like <laughs> I just remember watching that. Familiar. Um, I just remember that would be on. Um, you, do you remember Toronto's multicultural station, CFMT? Oh, CFMT, yeah. Yeah, that was underrated, by the way. They had a lot of just good content. Super underrated, like, okay. and then and then yeah. it changed into um, Omni. Omni. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if you're cooking with well, so um, yeah, cooking with Walk TV show, and he would just okay. Yeah, I don't know if it was. I don't know if he was making authentic meals. Okay. Or if it was just it was if it was just for consumption. It's kind of like when people yeah. come up to me and go, "Oh man, Portuguese fried chicken, so good, bro!" And it's like. God, you're such an idiot. Like, we don't even do that back home, right? So I, I, I bet you get a lot of that too. So um, I, um, I'm definitely not a foodie. Um, so I, I'm not the person to ask. Definitely okay. not the person to ask. Um, it's funny. But uh, no, the but Sergio so- stuff's great. Love it. <laughs> I do. I, I thought yeah, it was quite good. compelling content. What got me in was he was interviewing Kevin Garnett. Uh, sorry, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And uh, – just, uh, just seeing the back and forth, you see the genuine friendship. Yeah, uh, Serge's just, just got a good, good personality for media. He's eh? definitely got a second career already lined yeah, up, like doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know what, but you can. <laughs> he's and then, he's uh, kind of a he's kind of a fashion mogul. He yeah. Um, did you hear that he showed up at um? Oh, what's the what's the late night um Chinese restaurant Spadina? Oh, um, Spadina being our Chinese district in um, the Chinatown. Uh, in don't in know. Toronto. Tell me what, what happened. Um, New Hose, I believe. I might okay. be wrong. 
And yeah, he showed up there at like two in the morning, got himself, um, got himself a couple of dishes, paid for like five people's meals and left. And here's like the guy during the championship run (laughs) bumping into a bunch of clubbers on a, on a Saturday night. So he's, he's endeared himself to, yeah, I can just, I think somewhere along the line, he realized he's got this, he's got a bit of everything, right? He's, 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 he sounds different. He's, um, he's got a flair. He's got a flair for it. He's Ashton. got his, yeah, he's good looking guy. He's tall. Um, like I, I'm, I'm that guy that kind of, because I don't care. Right? I grew up watching wrestling and I watch UFC and I don't care to like, I have zero shame in complimenting men's bodies. And sure. I always said like, Serge has got like the bet. He, if, if like Antonio Davis and Anthony Mason and, Charles Oakley had that '90s build, like the definitive yep. Alonzo Mourning type build. Okay. Serge Ibaka has got the 2020 build. Like that's okay. That's the body you should strive to get: lean but <laughs> muscular, powerful. Yeah. Just, just so you can rock the slim fit clothes. Yeah, just everything, and yet, like, yeah. still be the scariest guy in the world. Like he's he's both, right? I mean, when he does those dunks and just just goes. Just yeah. goes uh, primal on people and just goes under the camera and just has that look in his face and and so he he ticks off a lot of boxes, man. So yeah, sir, sir, you know, um, it's his first time being in a big city, like as Oklahoma City and then Orlando. So someone with his, his yeah. personality and his curiosity to sort of explore different things he can do with mm-hmm. his time, you could see how Toronto would resonate with him. Actually, I wonder um, if he's the type of player that will take a pay cut just to stay in Toronto. If he's that like in love with um, Toronto, you never know, right? To be honest, though, is I don't see the Raptors keeping him long term. You know, no, I just think but, but I'm even if he, I wonder even if, if he was, takes a pay cut. If it, if it like, was up to him, though, if it was up to him, if it was a situation where post career he would say right. something like, "I if Toronto offered it, I would have never have left," okay. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Monitor it. Let me know. I just didn't know about his particular relationship with Toronto in, in the same way that um, I'm not going to say DeMar because DeMar is sort of the apex of that, but uh, just other guys, whether it's Matt Bonner or like Patrick Patterson, who wrote a whole article about Toronto. Well, so I'm not sure, but he's, he's um, in a lot of, he gets a lot of local, um, like a lot of bloggers and journalists are able to get like one-on-one time with Serge Ibaka. So he's in a lot of local okay. media. So okay. I'll say I'll say that much about him. Like he's definitely okay. he's definitely put himself. Yeah. Okay, maybe we can get him on here then. I don't know. It's oh funny. man. Um, uh, you know, you're touching on maybe this is another topic. We can have a, a whole series of uh, players in there. You know, talk about what they could do with their career after basketball. We're gonna dive into the Golden State Warriors now. Really, I'm st- I'm still in the camp that dy- the word dynasty gets thrown on a lot, but you just have to think of like super dominant for a super long period of time. And that's really like the Lakers and the Celtics of the sixties. And some people even argue that the nineties bulls weren't even a dynasty either. Like it wasn't as long a run. Mm-hmm. Um, the general framework to think of it is, is really super dominant for a sustained period of time. And the warriors, uh, as we see, uh, fit that bill that now remains to be seen whether it's continuing onward, but at least we have a good enough sample size to say that they fit that bill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going to talk to, because I, I also share yeah. the same sentiment about the word dynasty. So I, I'm in okay. two camps. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm in two camps. I'm in the, okay. I don't like the hard markers, especially okay. now that we're in, um, 
you know, we're in a player empowerment era in all sports. So this is just, it's not just a basketball argument. This is pretty much goes through all the, you know, runs the gambit of, of all the ball and stick sports. So um, it's like, you know, people saying you have some people that just go all the way back to like the New York Yankees post, you know, world war two and talk about that as a dynasty and the Montreal Canadians, you know, winning all their cups in the seventies is like, okay, that's nice. But guess what? We have to allow some wiggle room or we'll just have nothing to talk about. We'll just be like that guy that just doesn't give anyone any credit. And I refuse to be that person. At the same time, you don't want to hand out participation medals for everything, right? So I think in a previous podcast, you know, I, I watched the um, the Bills 30 for 30 and how some people were looking at them as a dynasty because they made to four straight Super Bowls. Now, that might I'm be a yeah. that might be a stretch that I'm uncomfortable with. I'm full disclosure. I'm, I'm a Bills fan, and um, I think you can have it both ways. I think you can like say that's they're not a dynasty. Well, well they they're didn't not win. a di- they're not a dynasty. Yeah. But that yeah. was a hell of an accomplishment. Well, yeah. So that's that's not the thing like, that. So just because someone's not a dynasty doesn't mean that the team's not good. It doesn't mean that they're not really good for a long time, right? It's just that I bring up work- I bring up Buff I bring up Buffalo as kind of let's you know if we allow them into the conversation then we're really right. opening pandora's box right but sure. then you get to arguments saying that the new england patriots during their first three super bowls because they didn't win the second year and they, they didn't make the playoffs that you can't consider that team um who won three super bowls in four years a dynasty right that's where i get a little okay you're just that dick that like well it's just four years right so yeah, but that's where that's, I guess, but that's, I can see why people challenge that, right? Because they well, were no, they were but, an older but, generation that were used to seeing like eight, ten years of success, right? Great, and they probably remember when you know they fought wars with bayonets and football players yeah. wore leather helmets. So like that's that's great, old man. Get off my lawn. I don't care <laughs> for that. Like you, you do have to mature the conversation, but at the same time, you just can't let you know, this millennial shift get in there where, you know, we're just giving guys A pluses for, um, you know, for making it to the first round of the playoffs for like 10 straight years. Like, is that a dynasty, a team that just continuously makes the playoffs year after year? Eh. No. So we do, we do, we do have to have a cutoff, but at the same time, we also have to have a level of excellence that we can recognize saying, okay, this does meet the current definition of a dynasty. I'll dive into the Warriors a bit. Go for it. Um, and for our conversation, we're talking about the Warriors. We're talking about from the time Steph Curry comes aboard onward, and that's kind of the dynasty we're talking about. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna just gonna run through a little bit of a, a chronology of just kind of key events of the Warriors. Is that all right? So Steph Curry, he's drafted seventh overall in 2009. Uh, notoriously, the Minnesota Timberwolves had, I think, they had two different picks to actually pick him, and they took two every guards over Steph Curry. Um, with granted, he was actually, he was actually, you know, there was considered a risk, right? Because he was a, he was generally a smaller guy, and he had some ankle problems. But anyway, um, in July 2010, Peter Gruber and Joe Lacob buy the Warriors for 450 million dollars. You know, Jesus. for reference, <laughs> I know, right? For reference, that, a couple well, years a, later, what a bargain! <laughs> I mean, at that time, it was like steep. Like they were paying premium, right? Because that's just what the, 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 that was kind of the valuations where teams were. And then when Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers about, I think it was like two years later, 
he just blew the valuations right out the water when he paid two billion, and that changed everything. Right. <clears throat> so what was later revealed was this was a 19 person ownership group. I, I'm not going to list all the different guys. Like they're all different founders of different startups and venture capitalists and lawyers like that kind of, those kind of guys like Joe Lake is from Kleiner Perkins. Um, Joe Lakov famously later on after the first championship, he made the comment that he's saying that the team is light years ahead of the NBA. It is just being here in the Valley. It's kind of interesting. Um, how that there's a bit of that mentality. Like guys who are starting up companies and running companies here, like they're just like, okay, there's the way the rest of the world is doing things with the rest of the country. We're going to disrupt it and we're just going to like do it better than all of them. And that's kind of, he kind of had that, he took that mentality to the, uh, to his ownership of the Warriors there. And then to a degree, they kind of did really reinvent the way the game was going to be played over the next 10 years. A uh, little, little known fact, I don't know if you were aware of this. This is 2010. That's the same year that Jeremy Lin was supposed, to, he would put himself up for the draft, but wasn't drafted and he would eventually sign with the Warriors. So Kirk Lacob, who's Joe Lacob's son, he actually was teammates with Jeremy Lin. That's how Joe Lacob was somewhat aware of Jeremy, and he was actually the guy who was pushing to uh, to sign Jeremy with the Warriors when he actually mm. had a few different offers. So he was eventually convinced by uh, I don't catch who the general managers were. Might have been Chris Mullen. I'm not sure um, to release uh, Jeremy, and um, because they're making way for potentially. I don't know if I can't remember who the other players might have been. A, I don't know if it was. A, uh, oh, I think it was DeAndre Jordan. They were trying to sign DeAndre, and um, so they released Jeremy, and Jeremy ended up bouncing around like you, you know the rest of the history with Jeremy. So Joe Lacob had later gone on to just say that you know he always had it, his, this this feeling that you know he was more talented than um, than he was getting credit for, like the Jeremy Lin was getting more talented. So anyway, there's that little tie in there. Um, in 2011, Clay Thompson's drafted 11th. Mark Jackson becomes the head coach. Mark Jackson sort of helped steer this team in like towards its first playoff berth there in 2013. In 2012, sorry, Harrison Barnes is drafted seventh. Festus Azili, Draymond Green come 35th. And so this is where the team really starts to take form. Like they've moved mm -hmm. on past the We Believe Warriors with Baron Davis and Stephen Jackson. And now you have Mark Jackson's led um, with Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. Um, and he's and um, he's instituting a really strong defensive-minded team, still playing a more of a traditional type of game. They hadn't quite unleashed Draymond Green yet. And so in 2013, they make the playoffs for the first time since, yeah, since the We Believe Warriors in 20, 2007. Andre Iguodala, who they'd beaten with the Devon Nuggets, he'd signed a four-year deal with Warriors there. And then uh, they go through the next season. Mark Jackson was eventually let go the following year. And then about a week later, Steve Kerr becomes the head coach. So this is a span of, actually, it's quite a hefty amount of time that's a five-year period where they spent kind of re, re, you know locking rebuilding that team and then 2014 so steve kirk comes aboard and then we know the next few years 2015 they beat the Cavs for the championship 2016 they lose but they were the 73 win team 2000 and then 2017 and 18 they beat the Cavs both years and then finally in 2019 they lose to the raptors um, so that's that's the warrior dynasty and a gist. I know I, I rattled off the individual accomplishments of like Tony Manu and and Tim Duncan in the Spurs in the Spurs podcast, but the reason I wasn't going to do it now is because I think the we were pretty well aware of what the individual accolades are of these guys. It's still quite fresh. Yeah, I want to make a case to you about how this is really the dynasty with an asterisk. Okay, <laughs> so. I know you've heard it before, but this is for the listeners, I guess, maybe is, is, okay, 
the Warriors get all this credit because they went to five straight finals. They went three out of five. They're this juggernaut. They do all these things. And ESPN loves them. The NBA loves them. They get all these ratings. Okay. Well, I contend there was just so much circumstance that really catapulted into this other level. The results basically show more than what they really are, is my take. 2015, yes, they beat the Cavs. But if you look at the pathway up there, Somehow they didn't have to face the San Antonio Spurs or the LA Clippers, who were both very formidable teams who I think could have could have taken them. They beat that Houston team, which I think was a wreck with Dwight Howard. Then when they finally face, and even if you want to say, okay, they get through the West because they're a really good team, they get to face the LeBron Cavaliers, who has Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. But Kevin Love had been injured from the previous few series. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving got injured in game one. So now it's LeBron versus this juggernaut. On who's, that, who, who, who's that point guard they had that year that they tried to make the Matthew Delavadova? There you go. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they try to make this guy like the second coming. But, I mean, of, they just he he hustled really hard. He tried really hard, and they didn't. Yeah, he I was mean, like a June bug. June bugs run around <laughs> and fly around really fast, only to hit walls. It's great, but um, so, no, it was it was um, it was a lamb to slaughter. So. They win that championship. However, I'm like, okay, you you beat this championship team. You beat the Cavs without Kevin Love and Kyrie. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. You get your title. Credit to you. You win the ring. Okay. Then the following year, they lose to the Cavs. The 73. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they just they lost to the Cavs, and people want to point out the that you know the the Draymond Green suspension. And I'm like, yeah, but he was suspended in Game Five. There's still Game Six and Game Seven, and Game Seven was at home. Like you, mm-hmm. you lost three games in a row. Like you could have, and even if Draymond still played the rest of the game five, right? Because you were up, you were five. up three one, which statistically in the NBA is should be the death blow. Yeah, I mean that had never been done. No, uh, and and the very fact too that they were down three one to the Warriors in the previous series. I mean, it showed to me like, yeah, no, like like these guys are beatable, and they're not what the media is making them out to be, which is the second coming of the '90s Bulls. Like they just, mm-hmm. they just are not, and. And like they could easily lose the championship, which they did. Okay, so fine. You have one championship, which I question that. Okay, well, you're fortunate, good for you, but could have gone a different way. And then they lose one. Then, then the the notorious cap spike happens because Michelle Roberts, the president of the or the the representative for the NBA, the National Basketball Players Association, doesn't agree to smooth the extra TV money that's coming in over the next few years. So instead, in 2016. The, the summer of 2016, there was a giant cap spike, which allows them to sign Kevin Durant uh, as a free agent. Now, yes, he chose to go to the Warriors, but this cap spike, it, 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 it was a once-in-a-generation type of event. I mean, I don't even know if we'll ever see something like this again, because I think all the teams, all the owners, the union will probably be very aware of like something like this happening. Because it had other ramifications, which is which meant players in subsequent years were not getting the kind of money that somehow a bunch of guys got in this one year, like Bismack Biombo. So, so you have the so then you have Kevin Durant now on this juggernaut, and then they win in 2017, 2018. They beat the Cavs. Okay, good for them. But like a couple of things here. Number one, in 2017, Kawhi Leonard on the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. The Spurs were straight rolling in game one against the Warriors in Golden State. Like, they they were up by 20 at the half. And then in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, Kawhi rolls Zanko. And then after that, the Warriors take the whole series. Like, that was it. That was the last game that, the, that Kawhi played for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, given how you've seen Kawhi play the Spurs, given how we saw how beatable the, the Warriors have been in different times, I could have I pictured the, the Spurs, like, 
really upsetting that. Okay, you can't discredit a seven game series. It's that's that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that it's not just this foregone conclusion the way people want to make it out to be about them just being the Warriors. Now, you play LeBron, Kyrie, and um, Kevin Love without Kevin Durant. I think that three, that all three healthy, which they already showed in 2016. They did. They beat them. I think that those next two championships without Kevin Durant, yeah, I do think the Cavs beat those Warriors without Kevin Durant, which means right away you've already got two of the other championships are gone. Actually, that actually would have been all of them, actually, because that's 2015 through 18. I mean, then you finally get to 2019. The Raptors team, their win gets discredited because, you know, Kevin Durant was injured and they see him go down. Now, if Kevin Durant never came back in game five, I don't know if anybody even brings it up anymore. Oh, look how great they played with him on the court. You got to see that for a few minutes. We couldn't see that for three games, which I don't think he would have sustained. And then Clay Thompson, who gets injured. Yeah, but it was at the end of the series. People forget that. Golden State with the overwhelming betting favorites. The Raptors were just a better team. They had the better record. They they had the better record. They outplayed them throughout the series. They also swept them in the regular season. So I mean, the Warriors, the the, the result that we saw was the war, was the result we were supposed to see, which is the Raptors won. So basically, I've just given five different years where the Warriors like it was not a foregone conclusion that they won. And if and if really really rare circumstances didn't happen, then they wouldn't have won. It wasn't like just a missed call. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not ever going to discredit a championship just because of missed call. Like those things happen, but these are really, really exceptional circumstances. So you tell me, what's your take on my argument for this being a dynasty with an asterisk? Asterisk. I think if I were to give this dynasty an asterisk, I'd probably have to give a few others. Um, okay. I mean, it's just listen. It's all. It's all voodoo math at the end of the day, a little bit. Um, th- this is where, okay, quick hitter right away. Okay. Um, were they not first overall in the West every single year that they made the finals? Sure. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh, well, except uh, a couple, one or two years with uh, Houston. Houston um, being up ahead of them. Um, I feel but- like they got it every year. Um, no, no. Uh, Houston had a game seven, right? Houston, they they beat Houston in game seven. Right, 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 right. In yeah. Houston, yes. Okay, all right. So, you know, number one and number two. So, um, I think you and I had an offline chat about the Houston Rockets during one of their championship years. They were in in, in sixth place, right? So, okay. so were they really this, you know, world beater? Um. Maybe, maybe not. They they had really two good years, but even in that one year that they won the championship, they were they were sixth seed overall. So, to me, a team that finishes number one in the league year after year after year, it's yeah, it's pretty. That's a that's tough to <laughs> that's tough to that's tough to um, that's tough to walk away from. I'm also trying to okay. think of okay, so they're, they're number one in the league. They go to championships. And that's just that's just from a hard stats point of view, right? Yeah. This is where this is where this is why I think the Warriors are really good because I hated watching them. They were what I call annoyingly brilliant. They were okay. just I mean, I've never I actually so in my preparation for today and for those listening, yes, I do try and write a few things down. Um <laughs> during my day drinking they I, I actually try to think of what have i ever seen on tv 
individual sports and team sports where I've just, it's, it's those rare occasions this I'm watching men against boys and individual. I mean, Pete Sampras had his moments, Tiger Woods, um, Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton in F1. Um, Lewis Hamilton, especially because um, it's a sport that my father follows closely. And he'll even tell me, it's like, listen, he doesn't even like Lewis Hamilton, but the, the guys that he's able, the caliber of driver that he's able to beat every single race is just, you know, so he, he considers Lewis Hamilton to be both an excellent racer because he himself is a good racer, but he's also beating other world beaters. So it's, it's literally a King of Kings situation. Um, and then I also think of, you know, uh, me watching Floyd Mayweather Jr. his whole entire career and John Jones, the current UFC 205 light heavyweight champion who, um, he might just retire undefeated. Um, he's, he's that good. Um, in terms of team sports, the only comparison I can think of is the Spanish football team from 2008 to 2012. Now, that's different because they don't have a regular season, right? They play a tournament every two years. But if I can also play some voodoo math, I'm also trying to think of, okay, what if they had an international tournament every single year? So 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. How would they have fared either on all those years? And I, I really can't see the, that Spanish team losing. The way they were playing – the field they were playing against, they they had the cheat code. And to me, the thing that I think about those dominant, those dominating warriors is they just had the cheat code. I've never seen an 18-point lead just disappear like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, congr- that's that's a nice game you're about to win. Oh, <laughs> Clay and Steph just, you know, splash from 40 feet out. I've just I've never seen video game like quality from a team game. Now I've seen it with LeBron. You you know if you if you take LeBron's um highlight reel after each season, it's incredible. It looks like, oh my God, this guy didn't win a single sorry, you're thinking this guy didn't lose a single game. Wait, he did? Wait, he also didn't win a championship? Impossible. You're not getting that with these Warriors. You're watching them just it's it's yeah, it, it's it's, it it's, it's it's a different and that's why I'm thinking I really don't care if Kawhi Leonard was 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 uh, was around that time and and healthy to, to see the remainder of that series. Even when I was cheering for the Rockets in that one uh, when when it was Game Seven in Houston, yeah, Chris Paul was injured and Chris Paul was getting the better of Steph Curry a lot of those times. But the fact is, Chris Paul did get injured, which yep. to me is a skill set. It is listen, the body is what it is. It's to me, a guy not getting injured the same way that one player is able to shoot ninety percent from the from the free throw line, and some other guy is only able to shoot sixty five. It's yeah, it's a injury is a part of the game. It's a part of the game. So I'm yeah, sorry, I, I, it's, I didn't place the Houston Rockets in my list there because a, I agree with you. That's just part of the game. And two, yeah. these guys they had a chance to still win afterward, and then they had a following year. They had a chance to win the following year, and then they didn't. Right. So. I never really right. saw Houston on their level. It's it's definitely do, a tough case. It's 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 a tough case, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not so discounting pretty, your case, but yeah. it's it's very tough only because it is a very thin case. But I feel like it's they, not a case that's made enough. That's my problem with it. Well, I think it's not made it's, enough because I got so so. Work with me now. You're trying to convince me, right? And, and right. think of me as like a better version but of before you of continue. These let me just okay. highlight one thing. It's I'm still calling it a dynasty. I'm just putting that little Fair. asterisk right on top of it. 
The and, problem with and, even a little the, asterisk one, is they they don't fail the eye test. Uh, well, explain to me how they might fail. Okay. The eye. If you can, if you can convince me that they partially fail the eye test, then I might be able to see your little asterisk. So when I see them in the playoffs, again, we, we talked a bit about 82 game players and 16 game players. I actually think of them as flawed in the playoffs. Okay. Like when you see them play and, and this, maybe this is a little more of Steph than anybody. Like, I just like watching old clips. I just feel like Steph isn't quite Steph in the playoffs. And maybe it's because hmm. defenses after one, two games, they start to just sort of really sink in on your tendencies or whatever. But right. I, I just don't, I do think of them as, you know, it's the Thursday night in the middle of November or February. And oh yeah, third quarter, like you said, they're down by 20. Okay, boom, Steph, Clay, go out there, just drop some bombs. And all of a sudden the game's over. They're sitting on the fourth quarter. Um, but it gets a lot different when now you're playing several games in a row and yeah, they've scouted you and that's it. They only scouted you. So that's it just for the series. And, um, Steph has not had like any seminal playoff moments that I can really think of. And Ooh. I mean, what has uh, that been? Like Clay has. I mean, there's, Clay. there's been, there's been, I mean, I, I just, again, I, I've, I, I can think of a Houston game where, the game was I, I think there was one game where Steph missed a, a huge I don't think he hit a three in the first half okay. and then it was crunch time and he hit like three in a row that's that's the thing and, and won the game a game um, okay I just that's that's that so and, and that and back going back to me for the eye test yeah. I've never seen a team whose defense was basically like like they're when someone's trying to if someone who's a basketball novice is trying to say like oh well the golden state warrior they just shoot a lot of threes right but can they play defense my first answer to them is going to be listen this is their defense their defense is that they're going to make a shit ton of shots and very fast while they're running <laughs> and that's their defense. Their defense is now you try and keep up with us. You have to make as many shots as we do. I, I was not denying their abilities. I'm not saying that they're not one of the greatest teams of all time. I'm just saying that when we're talking about asterisks, I mean, when we're talking about dynasties, I'm like, okay, okay let's, I let's get go. how we're, you know, Steph like was there. He, the whole reason I started with the uh, pod with, well, Steph being drafted is that was really the start of this era and the way that they play, the way that they can scheme, like they're, like, um, like they're the, the way that they play. Uh, it's it's it started with Steph, right? I mean, Clay Thompson like launching a bunch of threes. It's, it's a whole lot easier because Steph was on the other corner shooting threes too. And so much just depends on Steph, and he's Mister Warrior, and he's still going to be there. And so much when you think of Warriors, you think of Steph, right? So that's why I think I, I would give him over Kevin Durant. But, and and Steph has won a championship. So oh, yeah. without Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant, you know, he made a finals appearance and yeah, and didn't. So yeah, I guess he's got that going for him. But I, it's funny because I think I want to say this is gonna this is a, like a dumb sports one liner that like gets thrown out because I I was listening to a wrestling podcast and I don't okay. know if you've heard I don't know if you've heard this, but. The way they sum up Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart is that Shawn Michaels was the better performer and Bret Hart was the better wrestler. Yeah. And 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 that's that's a good 
one hit, one hitter quitter, right? So I'm thinking <laughs> Steph Curry is the better guard and uh, Kevin Durant's the better scorer. But obviously they both can play multiple positions and they can both score. So it really yeah. it's it's one of it's one of those it's one of those lines that is like provocative and means nothing at the end of the day as well. It's, <laughs> it's, it all depends on us. So I don't have a good answer for you. So um, okay, next question is. You know, in 2016, when they won 73 wins, do you mm. think that them – this is actually a bit of a two-parter. First is losing the championship. Did, did that diminish the accomplishment or the, the luster of them winning 73, in your <clears> opinion? <throat> How did you take okay. it at the time? How do you think of it now? Okay, so the 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 first pop, the, the first thought that comes into your head is the 2007 New England Patriots, right? And, and, and like, was that a failed season? And – for me, not really. I'm okay. I'm not I'm not like myopic when I when it comes to sports, right? I see success where okay. others don't. So it's incredible. And if basketball was, you know, we, we we talk about basketball, we talk about the NBA being um for thinking and all this, it I can actually see them one day making like a secondary title. I don't know how that would manifest, but um you know, what maybe, you like, well, maybe just like, like, so in, in hockey, there's the president's trophy or president's cup, which is for the best regular season okay. team. And, you know, for NBA, maybe they can really make it, um, listen for, for winning the NBA championship, you get this trophy plus this, maybe, maybe we go back to your draft reform idea and you get like the number two pick. You also, you also get a first round buy. you get all this shit, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like appearing on Oprah when she decides to give away cars to everyone in the crowd. Right? Like, 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 like you, so like 73 wins is freaking amazing. Like yeah. so, 73 and nine. Right. So, um, and they lose after being up. See, here's the thing. It would have been had maybe if they had lost, maybe losing the way they did in the finals puts a puts a puts a sting on them, right? Because they were up three one. The perfect season oh, was yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, and you didn't do what Chicago did when they had the best season, when they had their 70 win season, right? Like, 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 like this is this is what this is the problem I have with these sports arguments is people are going to say like the Chicago Bulls knew what to do when they won 70 games and you little, you little splash brothers don't know <laughs> no, what to no. do when you win. Yeah. You guys don't know what to do when you're given 70, 70 wins. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean like the, the quick answer is like, of course it's amazing. Of course, to me, it doesn't diminish okay. it. I mean, if okay. you want to look back, sure. But, uh, I still think, okay. I still think the, Put it this way. You can take lose. anything away for you. Yeah, you can lose gracefully, okay. man. It's like, shit, someone's okay. got to win. Someone's got to lose. 73 wins, you know, okay. give give them something for it. Yeah. So, okay. How about I phrase it? How about I phrase this to you then? It didn't, and then maybe the answer is self-evident. It's like when they went down three to one to the Thunder, mm-hmm. it didn't shake your impression of them as this, this like, all time, like this this world beater that you describe it, like the, the fact that they went down three, one to the thunder. The no, finals. because, because okay. when the, th- when the thunder was up three, one and people were like, they were so close. And it's just like that scene in that movie. It's just like, Oh, you're so stupid. <laughs> you're so stupid. The bad guy's right there. Like you're so stupid. Get out of the room. And I never felt comfortable with that lead. Never. Okay. 
Um, that's interesting because yeah, okay. and I remember watching I, I, because, because because I was pulling I was pulling for OKC and to okay. watch them lose game after thing. And I think game six was a nail yep, biter Clay. too. Like Clay yeah. went off on that one. Like the well, the Thunder. The reason I think that they don't get enough credit is just because they didn't win. But really, I thought they were the better team. They were actually poised. They were very long, tall, athletic. They could they could beat the Warriors if they were to do that. If they do that series ten different times, like in in like some simulations. Yeah, I think over half the times that the Thunder win. I mean, okay. Well, now like, you're now you're talking now you're talking my language because I I like to think like that more often than not, right? If, if you do run these simulations and okay. uh, especially in game sevens and, and, you know, does the best team always win in a seven game series or did they get, you know, a favorable matchup? Did they have an easy road to, to the finals? Right. So yeah. yeah. Um, does Kobe, if you recall his final game when he scores 60, it actually happened at the exact same time, literally not even like it was literally oh, wow. on air the same time. And they put him on, I think it was ESPN2. They put the Warriors on the main ESPN. So, like, I think there was something that Kobe was just like, hey, wh- why am I on ESPN2? So he had a little extra motivation. And so um, it's happening at the same time. And I remember that because on League Pass, I'm watching it. I'm flipping back and forth between. And then I end up just watching Kobe for the rest of the way. I didn't really care that the Warriors were playing. I don't even remember who they were playing to win their 30, 73rd win. Now, question is, well, based on you not realizing that it was the same time, uh, maybe another no, answer. But do I, you? I thought it was different years. <laughs> okay, but does it? Does, okay, I was going to ask if you thought that Kobe scoring seven, sixty on the on the day that the Warriors were getting seventy wins, if that diminishes the uh, the luster of that seventy third win at all. But oh my, the, 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 uh, um, it's I'll like give you my answer in a second. It's like. Uh, the year that my daughter was born is President Obama's inauguration. As one takeaway from the other, I'm pretty sure both can exist at the same time. Um, isn't that funny though? How Kobe, uh, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like, like his is. I, does that now? Does that make him a fragile ego or what? Like, it's, just, it's just hilarious that like I'm on ESPN motherfucking too. Oh my god, I'm gonna score 60 points, right? Uh, that's hilarious. I had no idea. That that happened. Um, no, I I don't. I okay. th- those might as well be. They might as well have happened on different nights. I I didn't even know that that was the case. Yeah. I remember. Okay, put it this way: here in Canada, the main TSN stage. I remember watching the Kobe's final game. So that's the game I saw. I didn't okay. think I had access. So so Canadian media had the sense to put the Kobe game on, um, rather than the rather than okay. the. Mm-hmm. So I. To me, yeah, the Kobe sixty the Kobe sixty point game it actually did kind of uh, take a bit away from the seventy third win. Like, if I think about the memories that people are going to have later, they're totally going to remember all the images of the of this of that of that final Kobe game. And by the time the Warriors were juggernaut all year and they had all the media attention, by the time they got to the seventy third win, like people, the attention was on on Kobe. So like. I just think that when you think about something that monumental, like if it was it was an event on its own, then there would have been more attention. There would have been this like this this hoopla around it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even among ESPN, I listened to some of the podcasts, like Rachel Nichols and Ramona Shelburne were saying that the the company was asking, okay, who wants to go to what? Who wants to go to what uh, game? 
and and like everybody wanted to go to Kobe's game. Like Rachel Ramona, they're like, this is the last game. He's not playing again, so I want to go there. Like there might be a team that actually wins seventy four wins sometime in the future. Um, Interesting. And, and like, uh, and you saw like the celebrities, like Snoop and like I forget who else showed up at the at the Laker game, Kobe's last game. And um, in some ways, like I just yeah, I, in some ways, Kobe scoring sixty, I think it did take a little bit of the shine off that seventy third win because I'm not sure if people will have those images in their head. Yeah, that's a tough one for me because because you <laughs> saw you watched the Kobe game, like it wasn't like you were flipping back and forth. Well. Like, that too, but okay. First of all, isn't the luster off as soon as you win seventy one games? Because now you have the NBA record, so then seventy two is not that important. Now there's seventy three, <laughs> so that's number one. That's number yeah. two, um, again, we have we have the um, we have hindsight, but mm-hmm. looking back, I remember Kobe just taking like nine hundred shots that game. And guys <laughs> yeah. kind of playing half defense like on him as well, right? Because no one's going to – you don't want to be the guy that's playing tough nose defense on Kobe Bryant for the entire game as well, right? So um, – Did you hear – okay, so uh, you know, just side note about that 73 wins. It's just funny how the Spurs, they were rivaling the Warriors that year, the record. Like they were on they were on track for a long time to hit 70 wins. They had 67 wins that year. At one point, they had a 20 win, 20 win, 20 game win streak, and the media didn't even cover it at all because they were focusing yeah. on the Warriors. I just yeah. find that funny. Um, so, which which of the years do you think is the Warriors' peak? I actually, in some way, think it's the year after they won. Um, so that regular season, the twenty six, the seventy three win season, like that's when there was this huge love affair with the Warriors. That's the I think that's the unanimous MVP year for Steph. It's like they could do no wrong. It was just invigorating the fans and just re- making people rethink what basketball was. I mean, that's what I think of as the Warriors' peak, even though really, like, I think if people were just thinking basketball results on the court only, that they just probably would say the 2018 win against the Cavs. I think that was a straight sweep, right? Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, actually, when you look at those games, I was just kind of re- revisiting some of them. They They weren't like blowouts. I mean, I think no. one of them was a blowout. Like the Cavs were actually quite competitive in a bunch of them, especially that game one, uh, well, where the LeBron Smith. got fifty. Yeah, the JSN yeah. game, but but LeBron, uh, I mean, he dropped fifty, I think, in that game, which is incredible. Mm. He's the only player, I think, to score fifty and, and lose that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, part of my antipathy towards this Warriors team is that I think that it robbed the basketball, like fans and and historians of seeing the all-time great achieve the greatness he was supposed to achieve which was LeBron was supposed to have won multiple championships and this Cavs team he had was really built to do that they were actually a really really good team and you see the way they rolled the east the way that they um the the way that they played that yeah I think in any other time then they would have LeBron would have had his multiple championships, maybe his six championships and six plus, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, we we're kind of, I don't know, just feel a little bit robbed in the same way that I feel like fucking uh, Orlando Magic and Dwight Howard, the way they robbed us of getting to see Kobe and LeBron in the final. That was what we were all trying oh, yeah. to do that year. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, welcome, all I'll say is welcome to my world. I mean, I, <laughs> I especially in MMA, I just when you think you're on the dawn of insert name era, then some guy comes along, gets us 
cheeky subs, you know, uh, <laughs> sub spectacular win. Yeah. And then the fighter who you thought was not only he had a championship and then it gets taken away from him. You think he's, and he just, his career is just never the same. And you feel like you were robbed of that because he just like, he was just like the belt was yeah. just taken from him. Like I, I can count it on two hands how many times that happened. So it's, it's True. a feeling that I've gotten used to and really kind of in the basketball context, really like for me, it's the Orlando magic, right? And the nineties the magic with, uh, with uh, Penny, Dennis Scott, Horace Grant, Shaq, um, that team should have should have done better. Should not have gotten swept the next year, or you know, done in five against the Chicago Bulls. That really should have at least been, at the very least, they should have been um, the foil that Michael had to endure each trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And they should have at least have been that team, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have opined that Michael never really had that foil in, in the yeah. East, right? It was, yeah, New York Knicks one year and Indiana one year, but it's like, yeah, Michael, you, you kind of had a, you kind of had a clear path to the championship, right? So I feel like we were robbed pretty early growing up there for the Orlando magic. And then, um, yeah, there's probably a, you know, I mean, Miami, you would think that you were robbed of a couple more championships as well, or at least, um, you can't say they were they were not given opportunities. They made it to the finals um, when they were the big three, but um, I don't know, man. Just walk into my world. Like I just, I just, I just, I feel like it's 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 a feeling that I get used to um, with each passing year and, and watching all types of sports. So um, I want to talk legacies. Um, my and, and my my view, like say, let's say right away the Warriors as the franchise as the team. Yeah. The 2015, the first championship in my, the way I viewed that. Uh, okay. I, I, it was significant for me, but not for the reasons that you were, you were seeing. Like I didn't, I didn't see this, this dynasty that was emerging, but what I did see was a changing of the guard in the sense that if you look at the way the NBA was covered for the previous pretty much almost really, uh, yeah, like over 10 years before that is the storylines are always LeBron, Wade, Mello. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, what was this class of 2003 going to do? And like, first it was, you know, Miami, Wade, he gets his championship. Carmelo gets a playoffs before LeBron. Is, Car- is Carmelo actually better than LeBron? Like those guys played in high school and stuff. And mm-hmm. Wade emerges out of nowhere. Is Le- Wade actually more clutch than LeBron? And yeah. so the storylines just persisted. And then eventually they converge when, when LeBron and Bosch actually joined Wade in Miami. So when the Warriors finally win in 2015, to me, that was this seminal moment, this changing of the guard, because it was like passing of the torch from that era though the class of 2003 to this new era of the like i don't even know what you call it like the the strength in numbers era the the three ball era whatever this new era is the next generation they're running Mm -hmm. with it in the same way that like i kind of made comments here that this is like when when the rock lost to brock lesnar at SummerSlam. it was like okay that's true that that to me in my head was the end of the attitude era that's when okay, The Rock's going to go off and do his thing. He might be back. Yeah. Well, we didn't know if he was going to be back, but Brock now is taking the torch. And then ironically, again, Brock's still around. And then when Brock just demolished John Cena also at SummerSlam, that was also a, cha- a changing of the guard. Like this was now moving on to another, another direction for the company where John Cena was no longer on top as he had been for like 10 years. 
And that's how I saw this Warriors win. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen after that, but to me, this was like, oh, like guys who are at the front of the store in the front of the page of the stories now. It's like Steph and Clay. And to be honest, I didn't really know much about Clay and Dream. All these guys in the Warriors before they won that championship knew of Steph Curry because I knew about him from college. But um, but like it was the first time we saw anything beyond two thousand three. I don't know. What do you think of that? Well, first of all, I don't want to give myself that much credit. When they did win the championship in 2015, I didn't know if it was um, start of a new era and dynasty. I just knew that, okay, these guys are winning in a way that unless they forget to shoot, how the hell are you going to beat them? And that that yeah. was just my whole thing. It's it's going to put it this way: it's going to take it's gonna LeBron's. It's going to take LeBron's best effort. Okay. And you hope that you get them on an off night to beat them. And I, I guess that kind of somewhat played out in 2016 finals. We can we'll yeah. talk about that on a separate podcast. Um, but that was my whole thing. Like it, whenever they do lose, see, to me, if we want to talk asterisks, when, 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 to me, it's like when I think of peak Golden State Warriors, when they do lose, there is an asterisk. Like, and maybe the stats do okay. bear it out. Like, like, has there ever been a game where the Warriors have lost if, like, Clay and Steph both score, like, 35 points or a certain number of three points made? Like, is there a scenario where – is there, like, a death number? If they hit this amount of threes at this point in the third quarter, has any team ever beaten them? If they ever get to 110 points? Like, I'm just wondering if there's, like, a scenario out there. What I'm oh. trying to say is, is that – um, that's how I envision the goal. But if they State don't Wars. score those points, doesn't that just mean the other team stopped them? That's where I struggle with. Like, do they stop because they were able to create their own shot and they can kind of shoot from anywhere? Sometimes I don't think it's the other team stopping them. Where but it's just if you have great on the ball defenders that prevent them from really getting their shot up or like deflecting or getting a hand in the face, then they're going to be less accurate. Like. I don't know because because yeah. uh, again when I when they have lost like when when I see the Raptors beating them I also say okay the Raptors let's let's give them their just due but I also see like Clay Thompson never having an off night right um, I mean couldn't you put OG on Clay I mean, Koji, I think OG would totally lock up Clay let's let's uh, let, let, OG let's, didn't actually... let's hope that let's hope that's a actual situation that plays out one day because I think we would love it right I think that and, and it, it it'd be a good rivalry I think. I think Raptors proved that there was there was a little bit of uh, just enough viciousness, and you know if if, mm. if they could run it back, it would be a compelling series. So um, I forget what your question was, but oh, just um, yeah, if you had any thought on the whole point of the leg, like what I was saying about legacy, when you think of like what how history is going to look back, and for me, meta level, I just saw that 2015 Warriors as as this changing of the guard from I've the way. Never- They've never been. They've never been bigger than like LeBron. So the Warriors are still winning in the LeBron James era. The LeBron James era is the big concentric circle, right? Yeah, and yeah. Th- I'm not and- saying he's not still the, the center, but that's the. If you think of, forget him for a second, but okay. Bosh and Lem- and Wade and and Melo and like just like the storylines that captured the attention of the basketball world and like there was. The, the, the running gun sons and Amari and the Spurs. And then if you think from 2015 onward, it was just like a whole new crop of players who are capturing like an attention from Kyrie and Kevin Love and Blake Griffin and um, uh, 
uh, who else was there? Uh, Russell. Um, mm-hmm. Russell is kind of emerging in the other period, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, uh, it's just like when you think of the attitude era to the, to the post attitude era, like there's just some of these demarcations and that kind of, I thought the Warriors win was a bit of that. Like the, the heat Spurs win, which we've covered in the Spurs dynasty of the 2014, like that was like the pinnacle of that. Right. Like they've emerged out of the dark ages. And now this was the apex of that era. That's how I saw this demarcation. That's how I was thinking of it. I think it's one of those things that if they never have a second coming, then I'll have to think about it because if you're touching on what I want to ask you about, actually. All right. Shoot. going. No, that, that's so, that's just it. It's, it's hard for me to answer now because it's yeah. so fresh. Their dynasty, yeah, okay. like like 2015, might as well have been yesterday, and it okay. was so dominant and it was so emphatic okay. that yeah, I think they're deserving of. And I've certainly seen here in Toronto. I, I you know I I grew up my whole life never seeing Warriors paraphernalia okay. ever. Like no one ever wore wore never Chris Mullen. <laughs> uh, you know, definitely Chris Mullen, but um, right. but no, even like Latrell Sprewell, I, I never saw any Warriors gitch until these okay. guys started winning championships. What? Um, well, I'll finish off with is I won't say it's a changing of the guard in the sense that the way I defined that in the beginning was how you had all those storylines of the past ten years about Le- Wade, LeBron, Melo, like the class of two thousand three, and it shifted when the Warriors won. I don't yeah. think we're shifting away from that. Um, with those arcs with the Raptors win. I think this becomes a win. I don't know what the chances of the Raptors are going to be going forward with what kind of teams they're going to have, but this is a continuation um, of what we've seen since 2015. And I think we got another good five, six years out of whoever is going to win. But I think that's the era. I think once we get to about 2025, 2026, mm-hmm. that's when we're going to, and that's really coinciding with when is LeBron going to retire? Probably around then, right? Um, I think so, it's up to him. That's, yeah, I think that that's probably where the the next end of the era is. So, all right, man. Um, any final thoughts? Mm-mm. All good okay. here, man. It's great. I uh, the Warriors are a fun team. I enjoyed covering the Warriors. All right, man. So, if uh, anybody, if you have any thoughts, yeah, I'm very well. I'm very open to your feedback about my my hypothesis that the Warriors are you know, deserve an asterisk. Feel free to flame us at or me at bayhighspot at gmail.com. Just, just you on this one, brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Like, oh.